DW Africa Link COVID-19 denialism at this stage may seem unbelievable to some, but it is widely spread across the African continent and when one factors in mistrust of the government, the spread of fake news and the overwhelming hopelessness many people face because of the pandemic, COVID-19 denialism seems attempting escape. But what is the cost? This is a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. I'm Kai Nebe. But first, let's take a brief look at the biggest news story surrounding COVID-19 on the African continent this week. Joining me in the studio is Isaac Mugabe. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me on this special podcast of COVID-19, Kai. I'm indeed humbled to be part of it. So, Isaac, it's been six months since the COVID-19 pandemic has really hit the um, African continent. And from today, the Africa CDC is counting over 1.2 million cases on the continent and almost 30,000 deaths. But the biggest problem is that uh, Afri- a lot of the African countries now are starting to really run into financial difficulties and they're mm. facing a lot of pressure to reopen. Mm. The, in the past five months, I should say, they've been really doing bad. They had to ease on lockdowns and rather focus on curfews, whereby you know, people have to, by a certain time, they have to have reached home. This is all intended not to close down the economy because really the effect, it affects everyone, not only the government, but also the people, even households, but also to cut down on the figures because Kai, I can tell you the numbers are increasing on a daily basis and it's like governments are stressed out. That's why they have to open the economies. We have to, life has to go on, but at the same time, we have to to protect ourselves from coronavirus. Even a case like Nigeria, which really depends on a lot of um, foreign business, they first wanted to reopen, but then were forced to close and now are looking to reopen again. Yeah, exactly. They have extended, I think, to the 5th September, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they a week later. Because before you open up anywhere for the airports, the, you must have measures in place and you must arrive with a COVID negative test results from where you're coming from. The tests must not be older than 72 hours. But you're not safe yet. On arrival, you, they take other tests because in between, you might have contracted the virus. This is what is worrying many countries, and this is what is stopping many countries from opening up the airports. Indeed, and one other country that has actually said that they're going to open their airports from the 1st of September is the southern African nation of Namibia. Yeah. Um, but Namibia has another interesting fact. Recently, local press reported that the country, despite being, I think, the second most sparsely populated country mm. in the world has actually one of the highest infection rates in Africa. Yeah, because you find that, I mean, is like you said, you rightly said, or oh, like all of us know it is sparsely populated. So you, you find that, you know, people are concentrated in smaller places, you know. I don't want to use the name townships or, or, or towns or localities. And keeping them in one place is really difficult, you know. Uh, that's why I think those arriving, if it, open, it opens up its airspaces or airskies, will go through a particular airport. You know, and it is costly, by the way, Kai, to follow up on people to make sure that they don't transmit carry the, the virus from one place to another. It's certainly a challenge. And uh, I guess one thing with Namibia is that it has quite f- limited uh, ports of entry. But even for Namibia, just keeping that in check seems to be a, a problem. Yeah, there's also an issue of porous borders or people sneaking out from where they've been told to keep inside the lockdowns, you know. And then they're like, you know, Instead of protecting themselves from the virus, actually they're hiding from the police. The police or security organs are always on the lookout, you know, to see that people don't sneak in rather than actually 
to make sure that people are quite safe by wearing the masks and all that. So it's a complex problem, and I don't know, God knows where this is going to end. Isaac Mugabe, thank you so much for your time. Even as coronavirus cases surge in the East African country of Kenya, many people, and also in rural communities, do not believe the disease exists. Some even believe the disease is a plot by Western countries to cause a recession in Africa. Safety measures put in place by the state to stop the spread of the disease are ignored, and many even envy countries like Tanzania, which has declared itself coronavirus-free despite not releasing any case figures for months. DW's Andrew Wasike met some of these Kenyans. At the Kariobangi market in the Kenyan capital Nairobi, people are going about their daily businesses. Some are wearing masks, while an almost equal amount of people are walking without masks. They can be seen carrying heavy goods for trade, sweating profusely as they push their way through crowds, not caring about social distancing measures put in place by the state. One of the people here who makes a living by carrying heavy goods to stores is 34-year-old primary school dropout Paul Amani. I don't believe the coronavirus exists. Look at the people around here. No one is wearing a mask. I don't think that disease has reached Kenya. Amani is not alone. 29-year-old university student Lucia Mweni is in her final year of project management and human resources and believes her education has been put in jeopardy by a disease that does not exist. I have never worn a mask even one single day. I have visited my grandparents, I have visited my dad, my mom. I believe this disease was the biggest lie in history. COVID-19 was invented as a fake disease by China and America to ruin our economy because they saw how close we're getting to them. Open schools, open businesses, go Tanzanian way. Even 69-year-old Mukami Kavilu only wears a mask on her chin so as not to get in trouble with security officials. I can't breathe with the mask on, she tells me. I am 69 years old. There is no disease like COVID-19 as they say. If it was there, all the foreigners coming into the country would be stopped from getting in. It is all lies. They are just searching for a reason to embezzle COVID-19 millions in funds. We have never seen people from the government come to the village to tell us there is COVID-19. There is no coronavirus. They just want the millions. The disease is not there, and I know it. Dr. Gidinji Gitai is a passionate advocate for pro-poor universal health care coverage who serves at the AMREF Health Africa as the global chief executive officer. He told me that it is because of COVID-19 denialists that the numbers are rising. Yeah, obviously, if people don't believe, then they don't take the measures that are supposed to be taken. For COVID, the most effective measures are non-medical interventions. Public health interventions rely on community participation. Gitai says Africa governments need full community participation, but there will always be a small portion who will not obey. He notes such scenarios are common and governments should enforce laws to ensure the disease is stopped from spreading. You know, the more compliance you have, the better. You will never achieve 100% compliance, even with vaccination. Distrust in the Kenyan government's motives and health communication that does not always reach those that need it most has driven the rise of conspiracy theories, which in turn have impeded efforts to slow COVID-19. Andrew Wasika bringing us that report from rural Kenya. 
Across the continent in West Africa, DW's Isaac Kalechi finds out that mistrust and denial simply isn't a rural versus urban mindset. He joins us from the streets of Accra, where health protocols continue to be breached amid the coronavirus pandemic. In parts of Accra, many are not wearing nose masks, nor are they social distancing. Margaret Sonny, a resident of Osu near Accra, is worried about the trend. She was forced to leave a family party because relatives and friends refused to follow health guidelines. Almost 90% were there walking without the nose masks. A friend came by and was like, there's no virus, there's no virus. And it looks like a lot of people are taking the thing for granted. And that, that makes it very, very dangerous. Looking at the situation and how crowded the place was, I had to leave earlier than I planned. Sonny's fears are sadly being drowned out by those in denial of the virus and consider it a conspiracy to keep people in fear while other diseases deadlier than COVID-19 continue to kill Africans. Hazel Battles is angry at the level of attention COVID-19 has received. You wake up in the morning and every news bulletin we have talks about corona and how many people are infected and blah, 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 blah. And even there's a website for just coronavirus. Can you imagine? And people are dying out of fear. We have swine flu, bird flu, etc. We were not asked to stay home and not go to work or school. Didn't people die from that disease too? We have overhyped or overemphasized coronavirus and people are simply dying out of fear. I, I just don't get it. Health analyst from Accra, Daniel Lati, understands why there are many people still in denial. What was missing was the Ghanaian way. Ghanaians are special people who revere traditions, customs, and it's something we've grown with. We've got strong attachments to it. And so that bit of it, trying to break down the message to actually Break that barrier, belief and superstition barrier. It's where we didn't get to. That didn't happen. Lati says government will have to do more to whip people back in line. Many health workers hope the pandemic eases. But if Ghanaian citizens continue to ignore protocols, frontline workers could remain in demand for some time. That was Isaac Kaleji bringing us those voices from Ghana. This will be the final episode of the DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. We started this podcast, the first of its kind in our department, in March, when COVID-19 was only starting to take an effect on daily life across Africa. Six months and over 30 episodes later, we've covered almost every aspect on the pandemic. We covered Zimbabwean health workers fighting COVID-19 in the United Kingdom. We are 24-hour service, so you can imagine when most services close after after 5 o'clock, we're still carrying on all through the night. We met musicians trying to lift our spirits and raise awareness about the disease. We talked to conservationists and tour operators and found out how the pandemic is wreaking havoc on their businesses and on the natural world. They are threatened in one way or the other and their existence is very fragile. But the centre could close down for good 
if government does not provide funding quickly. We met church leaders trying to keep their flock spiritually intact. And whenever I looked up, now the coronavirus has definitely affected our proclamation by word because we're not able to gather. And, uh, but uh, we have still continued to proclaim the gospel through the works. And most importantly, we heard from people across the continent as they, in their own ways, shared their stories about fighting this awful pandemic. Well, when it was really vital for me is when I couldn't breathe at all. So I was rushed to the emergency room. Life in the isolation center is a life of lack of freedom. Our relatives of ours are safe. Losing them due to this pandemic is not just an emotional loss in terms of losing a loved one, but it's also losing livelihood. We didn't get everyone's story, and there's still plenty to be told. This was a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. A massive thanks to the correspondents and independent journalists who have contributed throughout the pandemic to this podcast. From our production team here in Bonn, Germany, and myself, Kai Nebe, it's been a pleasure. You can also find all the special podcasts on our DW Africa webpage. We leave you with this track from the Namibian artist Ease, a message of hope through these challenging times and a rocking tune. Stay safe and goodbye. It's about the love to reunite, not to back up and stand up and fight. Yes, I remember how they said that one person couldn't change the world. I still see the look on their face as I try to bring the vibe inside of me. Yeah, I remember how they told me that. I remember how they said it'll never work. But right now I'm standing here showing you the real.